Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, morning, afternoon. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Of course, it all depends where you are. Everything is relative, remember that. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm, the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England zone, Van Helsink. Yep, that's me. And with me, that lovely specimen, the blonde <laughs> bombshell herself, and Carrigan. Specimen? I'm a specimen? That doesn't sound good at all. Does it? Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. Sounds kind of creepy. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Is it what's that? The creepy and the creepy. They're all but, like... Yeah. Hi, I'm here. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hello. All How right. y'all doing in this? Good start. Continuing heat wave. We talked about that last week. It's still hot. Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna stay hot. So what do I you need think? Fall. It's summertime. What do you want? I need fall. Okay. If you say so. I'm ready. I love heat. Oh, that's good. Good. It's a, it's a good thing because you're going to have plenty of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been working through this heat. Ew. I'm glad I am in a nice air-conditioned office. Outside, no problem. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we uh, welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And uh, we really thank all our Patreon members who help support the show. Uh, you, if you're on a Patreon <gasps> member, and if you like dogs, uh, <laughs> does he do that on cue every time? I swear, yeah. So if you had a Patreon member, you can go to Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and join. It's three bucks a month, and you have access right now to, I think, 40 videos on, on their uh, some of it's exclusive only to our Patreon members. It's also Ghost Chronicles of the Magazine, which is uh, also, it's pretty good, actually. Uh, had nothing but good reviews on that. So, uh, oh, I'd expect go, nothing less. Go on, go to the uh, page and join us. And, you know, hey, there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ghost Chronicles of the Magazine. Yes, it is. All right. Anyways. Coming this fall, of course, uh, my partner from Ghost Chronicles International and one of the leading parapsychologists from the UK, Mr. Steve Parson, will be coming over from the UK to uh, some events with us, including Spirit Quest. Uh, I think this is 11th or 12th Spirit. I think it's 12th Spirit Quest. Uh, Easily, yeah. And it's called, uh, we always do themes, and this year's themes is the Twilight Zone, which is, we're going to talk about a little bit uh, it is uh mm. I, like rod's rod uh serling serling yes mm-hmm. excellent uh it i remember watching it back on the black and white tv so there you go but uh when people think of the twilight zone they they, they all have their own favorite episode that jumps to mind what's yours in well uh, let's start with this series <laughs> started in 1959 and I wasn't born yet. So, um, 
What's your point? <laughs> What's your point, uh, man? I never was. I, I, the only episode, the one and only episode I have seen is the episode that everybody has seen with William Shatner. Yes. And the demon or whatever he was out on the wing. Of it was the a gremlin, plane. not a demon. A gremlin. A gremlin. He yes, was a very gremlin. important. Very important. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. He's a, he was a gremlin. Mm-hmm. And and this was a very very young William Shatner, and uh, pre Star Trek. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine or whatever it uh, was. So, uh, let's yeah. see. It, it was called a nightmare at twenty thousand feet, and it was it originally aired October eleventh, nineteen sixty three. Sixty three. There you go. I was not going to be born for another month, so here uh, we go. No problem. Okay, but. This is is the one and only that I, I have was surfing in California. Seen good for you. Mm. You were not. I was too. You were surfing in California. Yeah, in 1963. Yeah. With the Beach Boys. I mean, what were you doing? What were you doing in California? Surfing in California. <laughs> we cross country. Oh. Yeah, we went cross country. Nice. Northern route up. It stayed stayed uh, all summer in California, and then took the southern the southern route back. Yeah. Wow, was this before you were married? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before you had to be an adult and work and stuff like that? Yeah, this is yeah, this is back with my parents. So yeah. Oh, oh good old times. Good well, old that's nice. Yeah. Nice. So nineteen sixty three, you were saying. In nineteen sixty three, so this particular episode was the guy, uh he he was on a plane. And he had just been discharged from a sanitarium where he spent the last six months recovering from a nervous breakdown, which took place on an airplane. And uh, I guess he was a salesman and he just kind of lost it uh, and had a mental breakdown in an airplane. They put him in the sanitarium. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Like anything happening today? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) so now tonight, the, the the night that he's now back on this flight where he is seeing the gremlin, the gremlin. What is a gremlin? A, a, it's like a. a no, I don't, I don't we're showing it, Steve and I. Yeah. It's what? Was, we did a whole show on it, Steve and I. That was yeah. that's it's a uh, basically a, a, a creature that. Uh, damages as a mischievous creature that damages aircraft and uh yeah it's very common in world war ii the gremlins were a, a big 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 problem ah well okay there you go so he sees this gremlin out on the wing every time he looks out of the window he sees this gremlin and the gremlin's out there messing with the wing messing with wiring mm-hmm. and and every time he he says hey come over here and look like he's his wife is sitting sitting next to him come look out the window. There's a gremlin here and he gets the stewardess and no one believes him because the gremlin hides every time. And, um, and then they're like, yeah, well, he's already had one nervous breakdown. So the wife is like, I think he needs to go back to the sanitarium. Not quite well yet. Um, so finally he, he, they give him, the stewardess gives him a sedative. Why not? Like, let me just, I, we keep these on hand for passengers just like you. And, uh, they give him a sedative and try and calm him down, but he doesn't really swallow it. And then 
he he does a sleeping policeman and he grabs his gun and he he straps himself in and then he opens uh the emergency exit door to shoot the gremlin i don't know what everybody else did on the plane Mm. flew around when he opened the door but they land they cart him away (laughs) and um he so he tells his wife that he is alone in his knowledge of what really happened during the flight. But in the final scene, which is they're obviously looking, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, because it's the Twilight Zone. Yep. The final scene reveals all this damage to the That's exterior true. of one of the aircraft's engines, confirming yep. that he was right all along. Exactly. According to Marion Webster, a gremlin is a cause of error our equipment malfunction as in an aircraft conceived by a small mischief gnome. A gnome. gnome. Now it's a gnome. Or a gnome. 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 But that's what it is. That's a, the, the official uh, Marion Webster definition. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was common in World War II. There was a lot of the, the uh, airplane pilots that actually uh, believed in those. So. Wow. Mm. Well, that's interesting. So that's the one episode that I that I know about, that Every, I've never everybody seen. Everybody who watches it know, remembers that episode. I think that was right. probably... Now, there are others that uh, uh, stand out, too. One of my other ones, the favorite ones that stand out, was that a race of aliens come to Earth and make friends, and uh, then the, the people from Earth... Uh, uh, start going uh, to their planet to, for vacation and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a book, and the book of the title is uh, To Serve Man. And then uh, at, at the very end, once again, the last thing, they're getting on the plane, and the guy has finally figured out what's going on. And they're going up there, and he comes running with the book. He says, It's a cookbook! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's my one of one. I always remember that the that the first one you talked about is definitely, but that is yeah. gonna be my next one is is the strongest. What episode is that though? I do, have no idea. Do you know what what's it about? Let me let me like do it's a about quick... aliens that come to the the planet and uh, uh, they make friends on and... Twilight Zone. How about that? Okay, that works. To oh to serve man, you said that. See. That was, the title, that was the title of the book. That is the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm going to tell you something right now. So I'm just clicking on this and I'm looking at the characters. Um, who are the aliens? Mm-hmm. And do you remember Richard Keel? He was in the James Bond. Oh, yeah. Movies. He was jo- he was Jaws. Mm-hmm. Remember him with all the, the yeah, metal teeth? Yeah. He was one of the aliens. Yeah. He was one of the aliens. One I, of the things that, one of the things that Twilight Zone did is it it brought all top level actors into oh. these things, especially some of the early ones. So if you go through the oh, list yeah. of actors that appear on it, you'll be amazed. And we do that because I've been looking at this for like an hour. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Can, I, can we look at this? All right. So 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 if you if you, have you, the, you have the description of that that thing. See how close. What thing? Of, of that episode I was talking about, or did you go by it already? 
Oh, no, I still have it. So to serve man, and what strikes me immediately is the pictures of um, the aliens. Mm-hmm. There was a Star Trek episode, and honest to God, these um, the aliens look just like I, I don't know what episode of Star Trek it was, mm-hmm. but they're they're dead on. They had to have completely lifted this probably same makeup people this this makeup this look i'm like holy crap that i i it i know and i i've seen every so remember channel 56 back in the day back in the day we only had yeah three, three live channels uh, maybe four if you had channel two uh four seven and five and then yep. you had U- UHF, right? Yeah. Which was mm-hmm. 56, 38. And 38, right? Yeah. So yeah, no. I used to watch Star Trek all mm-hmm. the time, rerun after rerun after rerun. I mean, I there's no episode I haven't seen, right? So while I wouldn't call myself a Trekkie, I think I'm familiar with a lot of, but that that alien, holy crap, that I know it. That was definitely on a Star Trek episode. Um, okay, so the casting, right? The casting on the Twilight Zone. So it it featured a lot of early performances from actors who later became famous. It featured uh, actors who were later in their careers and were already like established um, character actors that had so many fabulous actors on here and here's some that you may recognize this is early performances who later became famous uh bill bixby lloyd bachner charles bronson carol burnett donna douglas robert duval peter falk joan hackett dennis hopper ron howard right Mm -hmm. although i think back in the day he was kind of like everywhere even as a child uh jack klugman Martin Landau, can you say Space 1999? Oh, God, please don't. Cloris Leachman, I love her. One of my favorites. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched. Billy Mummy. Julie Newmar, Catwoman. Billy uh, Mummy was on uh, Bab 5, too. He oh, was, was he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, I saw him on Lost in Space, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Robert Redford. Burt Reynolds. Uh, William Shatner, Dean Stockwell. So he was on, uh, uh, shoot, Snow. I'll come back to it. Dean Stockwell. What was the name? Dean Stockwell. He was on um, Battle Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, not sure. One of them. One of them. Okay, okay. hold on. Let let me uh, Battlestar Galactica, two thousand four to two thousand nine. Oh, okay. okay, I knew it. I'm like. Okay, uh, oh, now last one, please. George Takai, Joyce Van Patten, Jonathan Winters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who can forget Jonathan Winters? Wait a minute, I got to jot that down because I have another list going. I've been having fun with this. Oh, uh, it's and, it was a remarkable series. Yes, and Came Dick back York. Twice after that. Yep. Um, other actors who are already well established in their careers. Um, Art Carney, uh, William Demarest, remember him? He was on My Three Sons. No, but that's all right. Uncle I don't Charlie? Names, you know that. 
Well, yeah, and, but it's names, names that killed yeah. me. I can't remember names. Andy Devine, Buster Keaton, Ida Lupino, Burgess Meredith, Agnes Moorhead, Mickey Rooney. The Penguin. Yes. And Ed Wynn, who was a very famous character actor. Mm. So there were, there were other uh, character actors. Um, Nancy Culp. Remember her on the Beverly Hillbillies? She was, she was Mrs. Hathaway, the secretary. You don't yeah. remember her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Estelle Winwood. She was, she, she was also on Bewitched, which is going to lead me to another list. So I'm looking at all these actors and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, how many of these actors ended up on the same series? Okay. So I want to jump into this. So Bewitched. From Bewitched, the actors that were also on the Twilight Zone. So Elizabeth Montgomery, who was Samantha. Dick York was Darren, her husband. Agnes Moorhead and Dora was, was uh, the mother um, of Samantha. Sandra Gould, right? No one knows who Sandra Gould is until you click on her name. She was Gladys Kravitz, right? The neighbor with the binoculars. Oh, yeah. I, I always call my husband. I'm like, what are you, Gladys Kravitz? Because he's always looking out the window at our neighbors when we're camping, like r giving a running commentary. And I'm like, uh, you shouldn't mention that. <laughs> you are awful. You are awful. And Estelle Winwood played Aunt Enchantra or Enchantra, however you want to say it. All those people, they were all in the Twilight Zone, also ended up on Bewitched. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is. And no, then because that was such a pioneer's thing, it gave so many people so many breaks and yeah, yeah, uh, right, yeah. Beverly Hillbillies. So Nancy Gould and Donna Douglas were both on Twilight Zone. Donna Douglas was uh, the daughter, the hot daughter, you know, running around with her little half shirt and stuff. I wouldn't know. You never watched the Beverly Hillbillies? Of course I did. Of course you did. Come on, you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I okay. was taking the high road, but that's fine. Right? Star Trek. William Shatner, of course. Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. George Takai. And someone named Celia Blofsky, who played someone, a character named Tapau, who apparently officiated over the wedding of Mr. Spock. Yeah, Tapau was the big uh, she uh, was a priestess. Big, yeah, the Vulcan yeah. priestess. Yeah. So all those people from Star Trek, Okay, and this mm -hmm. is my last list, I promise. Okay. Let's talk about Batman, right? Mm -hmm. Julie Newmar, she was Catwoman. Burgess Meredith, the Penguin. Wah, 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 wah. Ida Lupini, Lupino played Cassandra Spellcraft. She was a villain. They were all villains. Art Carney was the Archer, which apparently they said was like the worst role he ever took. Uh, Jonathan Winters was a villain. Olan Sol, who I don't, he's a character actor. I was not familiar with him, but he did voiceover work on anima an animated Batman series for like a decade. All those people ended up on Batman. Absolutely. Right? So I, I'm like, I love this. I love seeing finding the commonality between all these actors and where they ended up. I just thought that was so cool. And it, because the more names I read, uh, the, 
it's more, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. The more I got excited, I'm like, all right. You know, Ron said, Ron says to me this afternoon, all right, we're going to talk about the Twilight Zone. I'm like, okay. All right. I haven't seen but one, but I'm going to jump in. Now, you can watch all these on Paramount, Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. um, which I have. It comes on Comcast with whatever my subscription is. You must have some sci-fi one or something. Right? So um, I don't know. Paramount Plus, it's it plus it's like another. Because I don't get that. You don't? No. I get it. I don't know. I guess That's it depends on your plan. Yeah, I got to find out how much you're paying for you. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Too much. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> uh, but I'm 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 glad, Ron, that you said, "Oh, we're going to do this tonight," because now. When I'm done, I have to hop on the TV and I have to start watching these things. Right. They they actually came back twice with this series, but yeah. of course the original one is is really the best the because best. It, yeah. you know yeah, it, and it's you know it's really awesome. But mm-hmm. uh, so, anyways, this this fall, uh, Twilight Zone. It's for of course uh, all the uh, the speakers will be uh, relative to episodes of. The uh, Twilight Zone, Ooh. like like Steve's Steve's episodes are going to deal with uh, uh, the aircraft stuff, all that different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Maureen will be giving a presentation on premonitions, which is played also played an important roles in in many of the, the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, episodes. Uh, you know, Roxy's record will be there. I forget uh, our panel. We have oh yeah, we have the the uh, Lance uh, Anderson who. Uh, Life in the morgue. We'll talk about uh, the more oh. things that. <laughs> really, he's coming. Yeah, so that's we're... awesome. I can't and, wait to hear him speak. And of course, because there were so many alien things, uh, we've also invited uh, our good friends from Newfron as well. Oh, new new four. Yeah, whatever. New four. Those guys are great. You've got to watch their time though, but they are great. They. Yeah, I'm putting talk. them. In, I'm putting them on last, so I don't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they could literally talk for an entire day. Mm. They actually got members from the group from uh, the last request. They actually, Did they? Yeah, people joined they're, the group from it. After they, going they're so intriguing to listen to and they're so passionate about what they do. They do. And I love that. I, it, it, I just think you know sometimes they get into like the minutiae of it and it, it's like okay move along but they're excited about it like i just jumped into these lists of all the people they do the same thing they're like well this leads to this and this leads to this and this leads to this uh so they, they are they're great they're great i always look forward to what they whatever they tell us mm. about that's excellent but so it, it's a good lineup, and we've got some other stuff going on. There's the Panic Room, which was an episode of the Twilight Zone as well on Saturday night, and uh, Ghost Hunt, of course, the haunting episodes of uh, Ghost Hunt, uh, Ghost Trap as well. It's another one that they use to catch demons and stuff. So that'll be uh, also Saturday night. Uh, you can make your own Ghost Trap, by the way. Oh. So there you go. Lots of good stuff going on. Anyway. All right, so uh, back to uh, Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. and yep. I came across a list that uh, it's episodes that came true. Okay. So uh, this is a season three episode, 
It's called the Midnight Sun. It begins with the Earth steadily moving closer to the sun. The story primarily revolves around two inhabitants in New York City apartment building dealing with the extreme heat as the planet pushes closer and closer to extension. Sound familiar, Ann? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're there. In true uh, Twilight Zone fashion, these uh, events are revealed to be a dream, but the opposite actually is true. The Big Apple's temperature is actually plummeting as the planet moves farther and farther away from the sun. Uh, the Earth's... Oops. <laughs> Two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, the Earth's are coming to extreme temperature changes from a narrative. The greenhouse effect, global warming, have all been uh, brought up and uh, the melting of the ice caps, of course. There are uh, a heated politic political debate over what we should do and what we should not do about sudden change. But the midnight sin, at least on our Earth, has a chance of uh, being avoided uh, mm -hmm. if we do something. That's a political statement. Anyways, I guess the, we did get the cues, didn't we? I don't know where they were, though. I don't see them. I just... It just said two minute. It was a two minute warning. Well, that's bizarre. Because, like a minute ago. Oh, he's on a different window than me. All right. Um, I see it. Now we have one minute. <laughs> I don't see that. So he's in a different window. All, All right. right. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles. Uh, where are we? Next Generation, right here on yes. Tokyo.net Radio and on uh, where uh, fine broadcasts uh, are uh, played. And, anyways. What else was I going to say? Oh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Memorick Street, Thuma, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Log, Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts, our super duper good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back after the following messages. Oh. That was <laughs> too short. Now you have 15 seconds to tell. <laughs> you know, I have never talked that fast in my life. I can't <laughs> You're funny. I gotta find where the window is that I'm supposed to be. I think so. I think so. Uh -huh. Anyway, anyway the, the music should be here. Maybe. Here comes the tunes. There you go. There. <laughs> Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne. And tonight we are talking about the Twilight Zone. I don't know if Ron is back yet. Are you there? Ah, he's not there. We had a little glitchy glitch during the uh, break there. But so until he comes back, right, let's get going on another episode that I want to see. So this is season three, episode 16. It's called Nothing in the Dark. Robert Redford. Um, I want to. So it is a surprisingly touching episode. And it's about an elderly woman who's lived alone in her basement apartment for years. She's shut away from the world. She's terrified of encountering Mr. Death. Because she believes he presents himself to everyone eventually, killing them with a touch. So she doesn't want to take any chances because she doesn't know what form he might take. But what happens is a young police officer, Robert Redford, is shot right outside her apartment. So this is, this is called this episode, Ron, Nothing in the Dark, right? So uh, Gladys Cooper plays this elderly lady, Wanda. She's terrified of encountering Mr. Death. So she shut away, shut herself away in her apartment and she doesn't want to go outside. She's, she's terrified that Mr. Death is going to find her and touch her. She's going to die. But one night, Robert Redford, very young Robert Redford, his name is Harold. He's shot outside her apartment and is left lying in the snowy, deserted street. She can't let him lay there to die. So she brings him inside, and she's amazed because she can touch him without dying. So she, she, is she wrong about Mr. Death? Well, so she kind of gets him stabilized. She doesn't want to call anybody because, you know, someone else will then come in. But there's a knock on the door, <coughs> and it's a guy he's a construction worker and he says, uh, we're going to be demolishing. We're going to be ripping down this building. You need to get out. And we've given you notice after notice after notice. And she's never left the apartment. So she doesn't know. So he finally talks her into coming out of the apartment. And, um, she turns around and says, well, I, I can't leave Harold. Well, Harold has disappeared. And the construction worker takes her hand and poof, it's Mr. Death. It's, oh. it's, it's Death. Uh, but he finally, he, he leads her, you know, out into the light. Finally, she comes out of this apartment where she should be hiding all her life. So it's kind of like an analogy, 
analogy that you can't spend your life being afraid of death, mm. you know? So now she was in a better place. So, but that was just a really cool episode because it's got this very, very young <coughs> Robert Redford in it. There you so, go. And that was one of the best, uh, ranked as one of the best all time episodes as well. Yeah. By who? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So another episode, Looper, that, whatever Looper is, another episode that came through, uh, it came true was, uh, an episode called brain, the brain at Whipples. Mm-hmm. The original air date of season five was 1964 with the story taking place in the not distant future, uh, in 1967. Wallace Whipple turns to machines to run his manufacturing company more cheaply and more efficiently. Massive layoffs lead to protests and violent, disgruntled employees. In the Twilight Zone's irony, Whipple is eventually replaced by a robot played by familiar uh, Robbie the Robot (laughs) of the Forbidden Planet. That's awesome. (laughs) Really? You gotta love it. You gotta love this thing. That's funny. Uh, Today, losing one job to advanced technology is is now a bigger threat than it ever was. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. I mean, so that's pr- basically predicted the us losing jobs to technology, and that's really what's been happening all these mm-hmm. past years. That's true. That that's that's very true. Yeah. Wow. Robbie the robot. I love that. Robbie the robot. That is funny. Well, what other one almost came true? Okay, glad you asked. Keep going. Uncle Simon. Uncle Simon. Barbara Polk must endure Uncle Simon's abusive nature if she uh, wants to inherit his vast fortune in season five of the uh, Twilight Zone. After Simon comes up with, uh, comes up on the wrong end of a physical confrontation with his niece. It looks like the like uh, Barbara will be get getting the money after all, uh, and also get rid of uh, the abuser permanently. However, <laughs> there is a cruel provision in the will, which uh, was obviously drawn up by the Twilight Zone. <laughs> in order <laughs> to maintain her inheritance, Barbara must take care of her uncle's creation before death. Cruel Uncle Simon. Built a robot played by Robbie the robot. Robbie the robot. Oh. <laughs> with artificial intelligence. Robots' intelligence grows with every day and eventually is the spinning image of Uncle Simon. Oh. This uh this type of uh AI AI technology was uh the perfect fantasy uh for the Twilight Zone today is quite common as they developed and, and continues to advance. Uh, and, and that's true. All the gadgets, smartphones, smart watches, virtual assistants uh, have learned to engage their owners uh, more and more. And we know that because you have like uh, Alexa and, you know, the, and, uh, the ring, ring doorbells. And, uh, and of course, that the Boston uh, robot uh a group there that, that creates all kinds of fancy robots. So yeah, that's just that's a little premature. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like 
she like bumps a... bumps him off, and then she ends up getting a permanent one of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a little. Uh, but yeah, Robbie the robot. I love Robbie the robot. You ever I... see the Forbidden Planet? I have not. You've got it's probably one of the best science fiction movies ever written. Really. Uh, it's black so. and white, but it's yeah. ab- ask Russ about it, and he'll tell you. Oh, it's, I'm sure he will. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely great. He uh, absolutely will. So, do you want another one? Um. Oh, okay. you got something. Well, I have. I do have. I wanted to talk about another episode okay. that let's, I let's think talk about. that I have seen. Break it up. Yep. And so this is called the masks. Okay, and this was uh, let's see, episode one forty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, season five, episode twenty-five. Yep, March sixty-four. So this is where it's set in Mardi Gras, and a dying man coerces his relatives into wearing grotesque masks that reflect their true personalities. And I, I don't know if I've seen the whole episode, but I know that I've seen the oh, part. Yeah. yeah. Basically, um, he. You can read the whole thing if you want. That's that's fine. So he's he's dying. So. Uh, on the night of Mardi Gras, of course, a wealthy old man is attended to by his physician who warns him that his death is imminent. Oh. Cranky and candid, Jason is not cheered by the arrival of his cowardly, hypochondriac daughter and her family. Her greedy businessman husband, oafish, sadistic son, and vain daughter. After openly insulting uh the Harpers, his his uh, daughter and her family. Mm-hmm. He says he has a special Mardi Gras party planned for them that night. Following dinner, the family gathers in Foster's study, where he instructs them to put on special, one-of-a-kind masks Ooh. that he says were crafted by an old Cajun. Mm. Explaining that an old Mardi Gras custom involves wearing a mask that is the opposite of one's true personality. <laughs> Foster sarcastically gives a sniveling coward mask to Emily, a miserable miser to Wilfred, a twisted buffoon to Wilfred Jr., and a narcissist to Paula, while he dons a skull mask, saying that it represents death as opposed to his life. Mm -hmm. They initially refuse to participate until he correctly accuses them of only being there to claim his fortune upon his death. As such, he informs that his will is drawn up so that they inherit everything if they wear their masks until The Harpers reluctantly concede, but as the hours pass, they beg to remove their masks, saying that they are unbearable. However, Foster delivers a final tirade until the clock strikes Midnight, mm. calling them all caricatures before he dies. The Harpers rejoice in their newly inherited wealth and unmask, but discover to their horror that their faces now conform to the hideous features of their masks. <laughs> Foster's face, on the other hand, proves to be superficially unchanged. Mm. So you get what you get. Right, you 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 get as you give. <laughs> so now they're stuck with those masks. I remember seeing at least the end of this episode where 
they take the masks off and they look exactly like the masks. You've got to watch it. If, if you've never seen The Twilight Zone, you go oh, check it out. It's definitely, there's, some, there's episodes on YouTube too, so you can watch them anywhere, yeah. really. I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to watch them all. Mm. I am. Now I'm, I'm really intrigued by this and I need to see them. <laughs> oh, you, owe, you owe me there, kid. <laughs> I, of course I do. <laughs> all right. So let's look at another episode that predicts the, the future. Uh, right. This one's called For Magnus with Love. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Agnes with Love. With Agnes. For Agnes. Magnus with Love. Well, you don't like the name, but that's all right. <laughs> James Elward struggles with the all-too-smart computer named Agnes. And it's the center of episode, uh, of a season of episode five. At first, Elward is a hero after figuring out the technical problems to this powerful computer. Things soon go haywire when technical problems rise again. Agnes stops cooperating with Elwood. The crafty computer becomes more interested in his love life and sabotaging it. Uh-oh. <laughs> it is revealed that Agnes has fallen in love with Elwood. <laughs> As a result, another computer specialist is assigned to the case. The computer rising up against the man <laughs> was mm -hmm. a, a great theme in the uh, Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. And one of the most popular uh, entertainments over the years. It is a good reason that our society is over uh, reliance on technology and giving computers too much control has been an issue in years. Mm -hmm. For example, Y2K scare mm -hmm. that sent the government scrambling for answers oh, yeah. caused some minor stirs believe the world uh, catastrophes would be caused by it. And uh, uh, it yep. was, of course, yep. All hell was going to break loose. Yep. I, I still have my Y2K survival kit given to me by the government because I owned <laughs> a business at that time. It was and a the, survival the government. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's in my drawer right here. Let me see if I can pull it out. Uh, yeah. Um, during, you know, Y2K, mm -hmm. the government issued uh, survival kits to uh, all uh, small businesses. And, well, actually, all businesses, not just small businesses. Wow. And I don't see it really quickly. I my husband, because he's an IT guy, yep. he had to work. He had oh, to yeah. work that New Year's Eve. It was death and doom. Oh, yeah. And they were all literally sitting in front of, you know, their computers, their servers, and every, all hands on deck. Everybody had to be there. And what happened? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Everything just continued the way it was supposed to. Not a thing happened. And I had to spend New Year's Eve, me and the kids, alone. alone. There you go. Well, we were the neighbors. We weren't alone alone. But, you know, I'm like, really? <laughs> A little piece of you almost wished that something would that happen. had happened. I didn't want the world to end or everything to stop. But, you know, maybe some justification for making my husband work mm -hmm. at, uh, you know, midnight on New Year's Eve. <laughs> So I happen to be, have in my little hands the, the kit that the uh, government sent me. It's oh. called Conversion 2000 Y2K Jumpstart Kit, developed for a manufacturing extensioning partnerships, because I had a manufacturing company. Mm -hmm. A cooperative program from the United States Department of Commerce, United States Department of Agriculture, and the United States Small Business 
uh, Association. I can't believe you still have this. I do have it. 22 years. And I have a, I have a letter from the uh, governor, uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts Department of Economic Development, and uh, it's Governor Salucci and Jane Swift. Uh, they, they sent me this whole thing. Uh, they give me a whole list of Y2K training courses that I can take. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let me see if I can read it. As a business owner here in the Massachusetts, you have been inundated with messages about the Y2K bug. But have you been able to take the time to assess the potential problems to your business may face during the year of 2000? <laughs> An appreciation uh, I appreciate the amount of time and dedication and hard work it takes to keep a successful uh, business running. I also realize that sometimes it's hard to fit one at all into one workday. But just taking a few hours, just a few hours uh, uh -huh. for your Y2K risk uh, training could be the most <laughs> important thing you do in your life. Enclosed <laughs> is your Y2000, your two th conversion 2000 Y2K self-help software kit made available blah 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 just don't use it after 2000 <laughs> and, and uh it might not work <laughs> it comes with a guide of course and, and it, it tells you uh it comes with the disc uh it does have the disc the 2000 conversion disc uh another nice little uh it's a good little nice little folder it's all everything is very neatly kept in it uh How thoughtful Gives you is that work. a floppy disk or is it one of those? No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a CD. It's a CD. Oh, it's a CD? Yeah, okay. it's 2000. It's not oh. 90. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it gives you contingency plans and everything else and uh, classes and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, it gives you a, a number to call. Uh, let's see what we got here. Where's that number I saw? <laughs> oh, 1-800-Y2K-7557. There you go. Yep, and it tells you how the the Y2K could affect your. You think if business. we call it, you know, they'll still tell us? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to find out. You want me? To <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got it. It's uh, still sitting here unopened. <laughs> Some guy they still have locked in the basement, waiting to wait, find out wait, if anything wait. happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the big deal. Y2K, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. It was a momentous occasion. Yeah. Just partied right on through it. <laughs> Anyways, you want another episode or you got something? I know. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. So there's another one that supposedly came true. A thing about machines, it's called. Okay. Uh, Don't tell me it's another Robbie the Robot. No. Okay. Uh, machines uh, get the last laugh on uh, temperamental botlet. Bitchley. I love these names they give them. It's season two. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, the technically challenged, challenged Bitley, probably me, abuses and breaks <laughs> household gadgets, gadgets in frustration. Now, how many people do you know about that do that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Eventually, they eventually they take lives of their own and uh, seek revenge on their abuser. abuser. Bitchley's phone harasses him. Ah. His, like, his electronic razor stalks him. And his car <laughs> chases him to his demise in the bottom of a pool. 
Smart appliances and uh, equipment and vehicles have been developing steadily in recent years. Yes, that's why I'll never get a freaking self-driving car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ain't getting me. Cars can drive themselves. Uh, It's been in the news for a couple of years. These smart cars can allow a driver to relax. Yeah, I don't think so. No, no, (laughs) no, I would never be able to relax. Mm -mm. The, The news hasn't always been good for these smart machines like any other computer technologies, there's always a risk of uh, being victimized by hackers. A car being hacked could drive, be di- I mean, it could be dire consequences, like uh, Finchley just suffered in the end of his episode. But that's true, though. I would never, ever get a self-driving car. I mean, I, uh, no thanks. I couldn't do it. I want control of that baby. Yeah. I, no. I have really a hard time even using cruise control. I just... It uh, just bothers me. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have Alexa? I do. So if you can hear Alexa, Alexa can hear you. Yes. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, every, every device in your, your phone can hear you, your computer, everything can hear you. That's right. doesn't matter. Oh. So what's that does. got to do with cruise control? What's that got the matter? It's machines. If they go wrong, what if machines develop some more intelligence? They oh, know what maybe. you're doing and what you're thinking. Ah, right. uh, yeah. And plus, all your houses are now wired with yeah. locks that lock themselves. Oh, uh, mine uh, doesn't yet. Yeah. 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 So, you know, technology, you want it, you're welcome to it. I'm, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. It can only be attributable to human error. So, there you go. Uh, from Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. Right. Right. We wanted him to to open the yeah I missed open that. the doors, but um. So yeah, have you got more? I do. You, you do. want more? All right, go for it. Yeah, you might yeah, as we, well. Okay. You only got a few uh, minutes left, so. The mighty Casey. Okay. The whole broken Zephyrs, a baseball team and a seller of the National League, uh. That's a first. This story is about, and it's about the last uh, ditch effort by manager Mouth McGarry, <laughs> who recruits a robot. Gary, okay. Who recruits a <laughs> robot named Casey to throw unhittable fastballs. When the Zephyr's fortunes start to turn, the National League finds about uh, finds out about the uh, old mighty Casey. Only humans allowed to play under the rules. Casey doesn't have a heart. Hmm, sounds familiar. Casey's inventor counters by giving him an artificial heart. Although he has a new heart, Casey is no longer has the heart to easily strike out countless opponents. Casey's artificial heart, just like the the uh, uh, ten man, right? Mm-hmm. What was that? The brain? No, the ten man had a heart. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, scarecrow. Uh, the scarecrow had the brains, and yeah. uh, the uh, lion had courage. Uh, Casey's artificial heart proved to be the com- the competitive disadvantage. Uh, recently, artificial limbs have uh, given competitors an advantage. Uh, have been a topic of debate. In uh, 2012, Blade Runner. Oh yeah, that wonderful Oscar Petrius, that little prick. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he killed his girlfriend in the bathroom. Oh. You never knew that? Uh-uh. All right, let me I'll talk, get to that. Let me finish this first. 
2012, uh, Oscar uh, uh, Petrius, the Blade Runner, uh, was the first double amputee to compete in the Olympics. However, he did not compete in 2008 due to his artificial lens being an unfair advantage, which, quite frankly, they are. Uh-huh. But yeah, he was a South African hero, and uh, he killed his girlfriend. Uh, so he's living with his girlfriend, right? Wakes up in the middle of the night, says he hears an intruder, has his, pulls his gun out, all right? So once again, uh, there's someone in his bathroom with a locked door, so he shoots through the door, killing his girlfriend. Oh. What's wrong with that picture? Um. Didn't you say he was a double amputee? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's how was not, he? Wait a minute. He lost wait. me. So he lives with his girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously. So he's sleeping he with sh- his girlfriend. He should know. He is a noise and a thing, and she's not in bed with him. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. So okay. He, he gotcha. shoots through a closed locked door. Yeah. Closed locked door. I seem and, to remember this. Yeah. 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 He was convicted. Anyways, we got to go. Jeez, that flew by. I know it did. I love the Twilight Zone. Twilight yeah, Zone. it's it's really, there's so many, so many, and they're all like, they're just irony. It's mm. it's it's irony. They're awesome. And so if you have many. a favorite episode you want to share with us, you can go on to our uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page and uh, let us know. And uh, we will, uh, yeah. I would be curious to know what your favorite is. I'm sure we all have them. But anyways, we got to wrap it up. So um, today's show is brought to you by who, Ann? Uh, Galant, Galant Messier Law Firm. Good girl. Right? Yeah. And Circles yeah. of Wisdom. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, I'd like to hope I remember all this. And, of course, mm-hmm. our good friends at Patreon. Right. <laughs> you can is there anybody of- I missed? No, you did good. And who, who's some of our, I mean, you can see some great videos. You're on Patreon too, right? Oh, yes, I'm there. I am there in a number of them. I've probably edited a number of them. <laughs> but we're all there. Yes, we are. Yes. Anyways, we got to wrap it up. And it's time for uh, last word. And I told everybody I would give you one. So I'm going to uh, give you one. All right. All right. And uh, all right. So, uh, Vladimir Nabobovkov is an author, and he's also a noted etymologist, a study of bugs, and particularly interest in butterflies. His last words were, a certain butterfly is already on the wing. And that's the last words. <laughs> to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.